All right. Welcome to the show, Ross Stockdale. Yeah, man. Flexing on life. Ross is a guy, I, you know, I really feel Ross is somebody living the big ticket life because the reality is Ross recently left the equity group that he was a part of um, amicably, just uh, different paths. One of those one of those things that made the path happen, that made the split in the path happen was congratulations, Ross, and your fiance on the birth of your baby girl. Proud proud dad moment, girl dad moment, I guess, right? I would say that there's no more spiritual place in the world than a delivery room of your first child. Oh, and 100%. Yep. Just so happens that my uh, spiritual experience was 37 hours of labor. So I had a lot of time to reflect on what mattered <laughs> in life. And I figured some stuff out and I probably got more gray hair in my beard then than I ever have in any, any part. So it's all good. Yeah. And, I'm loving having a nine-week-old child right now. That's right. That's right. 37 hours. That'll be an, a, an amount of hours that you will never, ever forget. You will uh, forever be reminded of 37 hours um, by your lovely fiance. She will remind you of um, all of that wonderful labor she went through for for years to come. Yeah, no sweat. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, man, that's awesome. It's great to see families grow. I, I think family is one of the most important things we do. And you really kept that real um, uh, recently. Uh, it made a change in your life. Um, so let, let's kind of jump in right there. Like, obviously, the, and what is your favorite girl's name? What is your little girl's name? So I named my business Thunderstock Marketing after my daughter. So her name is Torvi Jane Stockdale. Torvi is the female equivalent in Norse mythology to Thor. So she's the goddess of thunder. So I'm going to bring the thunder to small business owners and help them grow their business. I thought you for a second you were going to say, well, my little girl's name is Thunderstock. I'm thinking now that. I would never be able to get away with that from the life, but I got her buy-in on the, the shield yeah. maiden name. That's great. Love it. Love that. That's very cool. So, so really that was... Um, your family growing uh, was a big reason why you made this choice in life really recently in the last handful of months to, um, or weeks even, to, uh, to move on, kind of go out on your own, plant your flag, walk us through that. Yeah, so I <clears throat> had spent so much time anticipating, nesting, whatever you want to call it, preparing for the child. I want everything to be perfect in my business. I want everything to be perfect in the delivery. I just plan, plan, plan. I'm kind of wired to, if I'm awake, I want to be doing something towards productive achievement. So at that time, you know, I implement EOS in the business, Entrepreneurial Operating System. So my rocks were really about how do I plan an exit for paternity? Well, guess what? Life's messy. It doesn't always happen according to plans. So you need to pivot and have a game plan and audibles. So we had, you know, every business has their their struggles and their things that come up and what was happening was I was working more and more and more while I was trying to work less and less. And I'm in the hospital on conference calls and I just can't step away. And I'm like looking at the world's most precious gift, which is your firstborn child. And I'm kind of like, I'm there, but I also mentally am not. And I'm checking my phone. And at that moment, I'm like, man, there are people out there that are running a business and they are running a family. And it's like, they're just loving it. I'm like, I just kept thinking about like, I'm not loving... Like I was so stressed and just over the top through, like just full of steam. And it, it was revolving on the, I feel like I had to give more and more to the business. Um, started it three years ago, September 2019, zero, zero. It was just an idea. And we acquired upwards of seven companies within, well, it took a year and a half, but then after that year and a half, we got seven more. So we really just, it grew. I mean, it was. I'm an entrepreneurial operator, and I, I love that part of my life. But while I'm in the hospital, I'm realizing, oh man, this thing got so big, and there's so many moving pieces and, and parts to it. Like, what's my why? So I had to reevaluate what my why was, and it, it was very obvious to me as my daughter. And I thought, <clears throat> you know, the only person I care about their judgment really, really, really bad is is going to be her. And if she doesn't really know me because I'm not around as much, I'm traveling all the time, I'm not being able to be home. You know, I, if I get home, you know, after she's in bed, all these thoughts are what's swimming in my mind. And I'm like, right. 
I started this business three years ago as a marketing consultant. You know, that's why that's why I was brought in. I was a small business entrepreneurial marketing consultant that helped grow startups. Now it's not a startup; it's a ten million dollar enterprise. And right. I'm like, to a lot of people, that's that's what they want to do. They want to work in these medium to big businesses and try and get IPOs and try and you know do all these these mixers with lawyers and bankers. I like working with the owner. I like helping that person's family meet their their life goals and their vision. So I I thought all that in the hospital and I looked at my baby and I'm like, hey, if I can't do this every night holding you, then I'm I'm doing the wrong thing. So that was my uh, you know, come to realization. And it's really um I would credit that transformative experience of having a child with uh, a lot of growth, I would say. Per- personally, professionally, spiritually, all of the above. You touched on a lot of things there. I want to talk about two of them. Hard work, you know, hard work because you know, maybe the show is doing the, doing the hard work, right? The power of hard work. Um, you touched on EOS. So we'll talk about that. But you also touched on a number like the equity group gets to, you know, a $10 million, $10 million number, which is a number that, you know, a real small fraction of businesses, small businesses actually ever get to. Um, some people hearing this might be like, wow, $10 million. That's like, that's five times double my biggest dream I could have for revenue in, in my business, right? You might be thinking that. And the reality is, I think what you realized is you build something that you thought you really wanted, but when you get to the, you know, you kind of get to the goal line or you get to a milestone, you realize, oh, wow, this is absolutely the opposite of what I wanted. And I think, I think if we dovetail that, that moment of like, wow, I'm going to be business and so it requires so much, but it's not what I want. I think if we dovetail that back to EOS, people would maybe realize when they really do that hard work, when they really lay it out, they are able to now kind of see the business that's becoming and, and all that it's going to take to continually manage it and run it. So talk about that hard work of what a business owner needs to do um, through the lens of entrepreneur operating system, EOS. Um, talk about the work required there. And then we, and then let's t- turn into, talk into, um, sorry, hard time finding my words today. Uh, let's then discuss, um, you know, that foundation that leads a business owner to like a first big event. All right. So let's first talk about the work behind setting up a business around EOS as you've experienced it. EOS was the first real experience I had with leadership and management training. Um, I was a, I was on the operations leadership management staff of a relatively large marketing agency locally. And it was my first, you know, I went from basically being, uh, I was a cage fighter, then a marketing consultant, then a, then an account executive salesperson, and then running the recurring revenue of a business within one year. So when I look at growth and hard work, like it's a fast journey, it was a lot. I mean, you did, and you just grabbed the tiger by the tail. Like that was 2016. <laughs> and like a year later, I was running a marketing agency, like wearing button downs and khakis all the time, like with a totally different haircut. I love our producer, Chris from Cast Ahead. Fantastic live podcast show production. Brings up a great photo. If you're listening to this on audio, you've got to check out the video. Ross, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you're good, man. Uh, man, I needed this picture more than you know. It's been a frustrating morning. What a great, what a great thing. I mean, you, Ross, you laid on Genesis Cage Fighter to this, to that, to <laughs> running a business. And all I can think of is you get to that end of that first year and I'm thinking, yeah, the only thing you can't do at the end of that journey is punch someone in the face. And then this picture comes up. Just fantastic. You can still punch people in the face as long as you have consent. Consent is the key word. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I mean, typically... Nowhere, nowhere in in Rocket Fuel or or EOS is um is or tr- the book traction is is punch someone in the face. Let's just like we'll just um yeah we'll not, just let that one go. It's not something Clarify I would recommend that. to every business owner, but you really they need to get be able to get punched in the face. So learning yes. how to take a hit is no, not even like strict financial. It is like you need to learn how to suffer and and go forward with pain, or else you will not progress, you will not grow. So cage fighting was a masterclass in that from a psychological human experience standpoint. I was 200 pounds 
on January 1st. On January 2nd, I said, to hell with this. And if I'm not allowed to swear, I apologize. But I said, F this. I'm making a change. I signed up for a cage fight the, that, the day after New Year's. I was still hungover. You know, I, and I wasn't... <laughs> at 5'8", being 200 plus pounds was not a great look when I was a college wrestler. And, and I had these dreams. I'm like, I can't let these dreams die in my chest. I got to express them. I'm not, I'm not going to ever look back in my life at being 26, 25 years old and think, wow, I'm proud of that drunk slob fuck. So I signed up for the cage fight and I, and it was at 165. So that was 40 pounds, right? And that was, so it's January 2nd, cage fights March 5th, right? So I lost 40 pounds. I got completely sober. I said every day from the hours of 5 a.m. to 11 p.m., I will work towards building my dream. And I did that. And that's what I did. So I <laughs> was working at a tech startup as a marketing manager doing all this outreach, cold email, cold DM, cold calling, warm, you know, warm outreach, 60 hours a week at a tech startup. I would wake up at five, get to the gym by six, from six to seven, workout, strength conditioning, sauna, stretching, yoga, cardio, whatever, get dressed, wear my, wear my shirt and my tie, drive into the city, work from like 7.45, 8 till like 5.30, 5.30, get to the jujitsu MMA studio in Centerville, uh, train from 6 to 9 p.m., go home, laundry, eat, chores, whatever, film study, learning, mindset, try to sleep at 11, wake up every single day, Saturday and Sunday. So in that first quarter of 2016, you know, I mean, I'm just going to do some quick math, uh, 5 a.m., 12, 6, 18-hour days, seven days a week. So it took. I won the fight, accomplished the dream. Problem is the dream is too small. That's powerful. 18-hour days times seven. Yeah, that's, that's powerful. That's powerful for. commitment. So I, I did more, you know, I was the top-selling cage fighter as, an, as a debut amateur in a local event. I sold like over 100 tickets. There's a 1,000 people in the stands, 10% of them for me, never fought before, right? I mean, it's not... I generated some revenue. A thousand people overall is a big event for for a uh, local amateur MMA ticket. And the fact that you sold a hundred tickets, I mean, there, there's people that there are many people that sell ten or twenty. And I, you know, I had a good friend of mine from high school football, and, and you'll appreciate this. You know, we were linebackers together. It was his birthday. His brother got him this ticket as a surprise. He, you know, he was he was drunk, giving me hugs. He's like, "This is the best birthday ever." And to me. That was the better reward than getting my hand raised and like winning a fight was I got to make one of my good buddies from high school's birthday. Like that was the reward. So at the end of that, I'm like, okay, I want to keep riding this wave, riding this wave. Problem is I didn't even goal set properly, right? So I didn't have a BHAG. I had a 90-day rock, which I crushed. Right. So I learned this very early before EOS. And then, then it turns out you lose one fight. So you go one and one. You're no longer undefeated, Right. And I sold a bunch of tickets, and, but I got you know punched in the eye, and I'm getting hurt, banged up. But I'm, money is not coming in, right? Because it's not lucrative. You have to make it so far. Conor McGregor, you know, was on welfare before he became the world's richest athlete. Anyway, well, it, so, takes a, it, it takes a special person to commit to you know, and this is this is appropriate to business, even though it's we're talking through the lens of mixed martial arts cage fighting. It takes a very special dedication and a committed person to decide a part of my personal goal in life is to get punched in the face repeatedly. I, I'm a purple belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. That's where I left on that journey. I'm working to get back on it. Um, but uh, the reality is uh, it's a physical toll unlike anything else. And, th- and it's like investing. It takes dedication. It's, it's, just like, it's just like starting a business, just like investing. You have to pay the price if you want the reward. So I paid in multiple ACL tears, broken my hand, concussions. The the real reason I retired is because I realized that my job as a marketing consultant, which I loved, I learned to love after I was away from it. If I can't look at a computer screen and light sensitivity and sound from concussions, I can't do my job. So I don't want to be permanently disabled by like 26, 27 years old. That was what I thought was going to be the case. Then I got into the media aspect and I just, I became a, so within one year, SEO strategist, okay, account executive, salesperson for marketing agency, digital marketing team manager, so operations manager of a business on the leadership team. Then I got an EOS, and then I learned, okay, so now now I'm like right next to a founder, president, CEO 
uh, that has helped thousands of businesses locally. Has literally helped built over 2,000 websites for local small businesses. And I got to talk to what I thought were successful people living life on their terms, owner-operator, hundreds of them in a short period of time. And it just opened my eyes to like, wow, this is these are the people that I want to learn from and surround myself. So I was teaching them my techie digital marketing aspect. I started as an SEO guy um, in 2012, 2013. I was building websites, just you know, gritting it out. You're not even getting paid. I was just doing it to get a resume, right? But back to the case finding thing, it's like you don't necessarily have to invest all the money in the world, but if you don't invest your body and your heart and your mind and your soul, you will not get a return and you will you can lose everything. So, and that again, it's just what people's risk tolerance. Yeah, and that dedication to a goal is is so so very important. I mean, we're in we're in a society where there's so much talk, so little action, so easy to show what looks like action through through the lens of social media. Um, but the reality is, behind the scenes, it, it paints a very different story. So, you know, I heard an interesting point about EOS specifically, and this isn't an episode that's kind of like a sneak around, you know, end around on uh, on promoting EOS. It's not. Um, but the reality about EOS is businesses that put that in and run on it actually can sell for a higher valuation. Yeah, no, it's 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 absolutely true. Yeah. And and I mean the lesson there, the takeaway there for for anybody watching and listening is that whether it's EOS um or another system yeah. The reality is you need a system. You need this foundation to have the business run. So you don't find yourself like Ross did, um, you know, in that moment where his little girl Torby is being is born and it's like, oh well, wait a minute. I'm required to run this thing. Like my big goal, the things that I work with people on is I like to say, kind of move them into that shark seat in their business, the investor seat. Right. Now maybe that's Maybe that's you just sit at the top of the business. You know, if you have a grandchild being born or a child being born, do the baby being born and let let all the work of the business being done. Um, that that can absolutely happen. That's being in the investor seat. It's being able to be away from your business um, weeks at a time and things stay on track. The sales come in, the problems get handled, nothing falls apart. That's what I like to call being in that investor seat. And then from there, and then this is what I re- really want to dig into with you is, is, um, you know, from that position of showing somebody that you are in that investor seat, can you take on an equity infusion to grow? Can you sell? Um, can you, you know, um, grow in other ways with money, using money as tool to grow the business to keep that position? Right. Cause that's, that's really the big, that's the BHAG. That's the big hairy audacious goal that really every business owner should have. So let's let's have you dig into that loss from your because you've done this. So I, I will say you nailed it, right? So the the thing with so many small business owners that I love about them is that they risk everything in their life to pursue a dream. And that dream was doing what they're really good at, whether that's inventing products, whether that's teaching guitar, whether that's designing something, whatever it is, they're really good at that thing. Working in your business is the opposite of working on your business. I'm a visionary. If you look at the EOS org chart, I sit in the visionary seat. I come up with, that is like what what I do. I don't work in the business. But if people don't understand that there is a first person and a third person narrative about every business and all the financers, the banks, the lawyers, they read the third person written documents. They look at your T12. If you don't know what a T12 is, good luck trying to sell your business. Trailing 12 months. If you don't look at the fact that people are going in three to five years in the history of your business to see if it looks nice, and they're going to project themselves three to five years in the future of business, it is always a 10-year plan for a business if you want to sell. But most people can't just wake up one morning and say, all of a sudden, I'm going to sell a business. Because if you shoot from the hip, you're going to be going to be a bullet shield. In, in the metaphor for equities, hedge fund, VC, those three vehicles, like it's, it's, it's math. But people treat business like it's art. And that's why you need right. EOS. It's a system. Right. You're following the playbook. You know, you yeah. can't just be a quarterback and say, we don't have a play, we're gonna wing it. Bullshit. Yep. Well, 
I've got a, the, the the good friend and, and I would say, you know, mentor. Uh, he's on the show. He's Brandon Brittingham. He kind of wraps up my intro. He's the one that shared about EOS. Um, businesses that run on EOS can get can certainly achieve higher valuations for equity infusions or sales, et cetera. Um, but you said something that like hit me between the eyes. You need to understand, are you the visionary? Are you the integrator? You know, who are you in your business? And then where do you sit on the organization chart? Because you can't fight it, right? Like being a visionary is being artistic. It is creativity. It's just that visionaries like you and I, we get paid for our thoughts and ideas. We don't get paid for strumming chords on a guitar or painting artwork or singing because nobody wants me to like really do any of that stuff because there will be no value. But the ideas, the passion, the goal, vision has value. But if you fight that position on the org chart, because you're not skating to where the puck is going. In other words, you're not willing to hire that integrator. You're not willing to bring in people around you to support you. You have to be that person that's got to have your hands in everything. And you pride yourself on that. You pride yourself on taking phone calls at 11 o'clock at night. Well, guess what? You're fixing to hold your newborn baby where you're losing 10 clients. Yep. No, right? and, and that's You the thing. can't fight that org char. Can't do it. E- EOS is a humbling experience for people that... That if they if they want to argue with an EOS implementer, I was lucky enough to have a coach. And I think you can't really be a business coach or consultant if you've never had a coaching consultant. That was really good. So Ed Callahan from Sun Microsystems is an EOS implementer. And this guy, I mean, he reminded me of Gandalf from Lord of the Rings. That. He's just <laughs> seen it all. He's coached it all. He just was so wizened. And he really cut through the bullshit of like yep. all of our ego, all of our problems, and really got to the core of it so that it would just it would get aired out. It would get sunlight on it. You just shed and land the real problems. And we as business people get paid to solve problems. It just so happens that some people like solving different problems than I do. And that's why I started Thunderstock Marketing because I want to help solve problems that people fucking hate to solve. And they don't want to learn how to solve it. They might be 50 years old looking for an exit and they don't know how to do that. They might be 60 years old and spent their entire life building a project. But guess what? The project's built they only have a 10% um, fulfillment rate on their their housing complex. They need tenants to find out about it right now. So what I like right. to do is take... I'm going to rewind. When you look at experience, if someone does the same job, they're, they're a commercial painter and they're painting walls, they're painting doors, same thing for 20 years. It's one year times 20. I have already in 10 years of my career had so many different jobs and functions that, yeah, I've had 10 years, but I feel like I've had 30 years of experience. Because, right. I, I, yep. I mean, just take that that one quarter one in 2016. I worked six, 18, 16 hours a day, every day for seven days a week. No one else is doing it. I ran laps. That was one year within one quarter for most people. So I'm not. it's not saying to brag. It's saying that, like, be careful what you wish for because you will get it. Right. And don't, well, I mean, and don't, you know. Yeah, I mean, the reality is, in that, in that quarter as an example, and I'm sure you've had other quarters since, uh, another week since and, and recently, because you're on a new path where you are doing that level of work. And the reality is if you're committed to it, you are, you know, you are stretching that divide. And that's one of the things that I like to always focus on whenever I talk with somebody or they reach out. It's like you have your competition and you have you, and there's a gap in between. And that divide and gap should be so visible. And it, it kind of sounds weird to say it this way, but like, you want to make it so obviously perilous that choosing them over there is dangerous and choosing me over here as the light on the hilltop is so safe and easy and welcoming that you just don't even look over there. Like creating that divide in your competition is so important and it comes from that work and that work, if you structure it, EOS or any other system, EOS, I think being the best, I mean, would you be? would you agree EOS is like the Bill Belichick of business systems. For small and medium-sized business owners, absolutely. You yeah. you want to make something that's supposed to be complicated. The reason financial people are so successful is because the everyday person can't understand it. But what EOS does is it makes it so every small business owner that has you know, 3, 10, 15 employees, maybe they do $800,000 a year, maybe $500,000 a year, they can use it. Like They don't need a college degree. Um, right. 
So you need they need a system. EOS helps. It's not the only thing, but it is a great first step. And it's 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 kind of like using uh, you know, Vince Lombardi's playbook. It was amazing. It worked, it worked, but it evolved over time. There's other pro- there's other programs that are like system and soul and scaling up and you name it. They're they're all great for the right time and place. But for me and my clients, I would be using EOS. Why? Because I know it. I've put the work in. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I, I've been exposed to it now for the last year. Um, you know, we were kind of on this path. We had the, the the skeleton in my main retail business. We had the skeleton of it already existing, but man, the last month or so, I've kind of put the flesh and package on it, and uh, it's just unlocking so much new opportunity for us uh, to really, you know, like I felt I had the pedal to the floor, but really, I was about seventy percent of the way, and it, it's just really remarkable. Um, just just to kind of put a bow on this again, because I think we have more to tap into in our time together. But like, if you if, if this has inspired you, go get the book Rocket Fuel. I think that's a great place to start. Would you agree, Ross? For anybody wanting to kind of jump into EOS, start there. Uh, I would say Rocket have an- Fuel and what the heck is EOS? So I have the entire library. Okay, both of those, both of those but are I, great but- places to start. But I think Rocket Fuel is a great place to start because, yeah. you know, within there, you're going to get an idea of what this org chart looks like. You're going to get an idea of who you are in your own business. So many people really misunderstand that, I think. And maybe we can unpack that next, uh, where people misunderstand who they are, why they got started and where they're going. But go there and then really take the test. Are you a visionary? Are you an integrator? Where do you fit in your own business? Because we all have these, everybody's had that dream once. If you're that painter, right? You put 10 years in painting for a painting company. You're like, you know, I can treat people better than I'm being treated. I've got, I know there's better quality steps that can be taken than what we're taking, you know, and I understand why we're being made to do these steps because of the way we bid projects, but I think I can do better. So that painter goes out and starts a business because they're into it. They like painting. They get satisfaction of, of how they renew somebody's building or make it look better. But it, it's that like it, it, it's that age old story where they get into it and then they realize, man, uh, the only way I can make more money is if I work. Mm-hmm. That's a low leverage opportunity. And I wanted to. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about the title of this, you know, the power of hard work. And there's a quote that just slapped me across the face during this conversation. It's by Archimedes. It says, give me a lever, a long enough lever, and I can move the world. So the point of hard work and the power of it is to build leverage for yourself. If you don't have any leverage, you have no freedom. Like just thinking about jujitsu, what's a fulcrum? Like, you know, I was a college wrestler with these ugly mangled ears and I would just outwork everyone. I'm going to cut so much weight. I'm going to lift so much weights. I'm going to eat all this chicken and I'm going to run faster than you. And guess what? I was getting my ass whooped by people with like chubby beer bellies. And I was like, how was that possible? I'm working so hard. I'm like this jack. When I was 22, 23, I had like a 12 pack. I was like just in shape. You know why? I didn't have any fucking leverage. Because I didn't know, I didn't develop this skill of technique. You had to, if you break things down, confidence comes from possession of skills and utilization of skills. You can't fake confidence. You're just lying to yourself. The market will test your skills. And if you have positive reinforcement from the market, you, your skills have a fit and they, they can produce a result for you and your clients, you will have confidence. But you don't get to get any further unless you leverage opportunities and leverage skills. You have to work really, really hard to gain that leverage. And once you do, you know, I literally... Okay, perfect example. As a fractional CMO, I took $500. I made one ad campaign and I sold more than the business did in the last 10 months. In two weeks. Okay. So it took me one day to do that. Not that I'm a genius. I'm not. I just went into a, 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 a situation where I've been there before, had a plan, felt confident in the plan, executed the plan, and in two weeks sold $102,000 off of $500 of ad spend. W- whatever. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. That could be done and done and done and done repeatedly. But if they knew what I knew, they would do the same thing. That's just the di- that's that's what when I look at the title of this of the power of hard work, it's just I created leverage. And you look at some of the best martial artists in the world to compare it with business people, like you know, even Bezos and Musk, they're really, really calm. They have this quiet confidence. 
because they, they can be, because they've earned that. And some of the best martial artists, Anderson Silva, George St. Pierre, they're like really nice, humble guys because they've been through some shit. So like, I look at myself, I'm like, I still got so far to go, but I've gone right. pretty far. Right. And, yeah. and EOS was a structure to do that. And I think when it comes to, you know, I, earlier you mentioned about how businesses can wrap up and sell and, and mm-hmm. reach their BHAG goal. What they should do is talk to a business coach to figure out what is their goal. So right. I think there's some businesses that exist as a, as a lifestyle business. So like for me, I went from an impact business, which if I would have poured everything into it in five or 10 years, it could have been way big money and more than I could have done right now. And I would have had to make that my number one priority. The business needs come before mine. Right. That, that's how you can become rich. Lifestyle is my needs come before the business. And I can raise my family. I can go and spend time with my with my kid. I can work on my hobbies, do jujitsu, work out. And maybe I work 30 hours a week, 40 hours a week. It makes enough money to support my lifestyle. But you can't have... it. I can't say... I won't say you can't. It's highly unlikely you can do both. Right. Well, I would, I would, I would challenge into that and say when you've maximized leverage the way that you did off of that ad example, right? And it wasn't about spending 500 bucks. It wasn't even about spending it that $500 in the right media because you did that. You put it in the right market where that market looks at that media and you had the right message, right? A marketing lesson 101, market message media matched. It wasn't even all that. It was about understanding and having leverage of, oh, I've seen this before. I've been here before. And um, you were able to take that depth of experience from all these other things leading up to that point in time and say, there's the answer. There's what we need to try. And I bet you it's going to work. And $102,000 later, it works. And this, this is where so many, I think so many business owners, like they don't expand that toolbox because they put themselves in this corner where it's the only toolbox that they can use open and it's the only toolbox in reach. If you only have a hammer, every problem is a nail. Yeah, man. Yep. Right. 100%. Yep. It's like, dude, you, what happens if you get some more tools in your belt? Now you just be, you went from being an, an HVAC guy, then you learned plumbing. You learned plumbing, now you know electric. Now you know how to do carpentry and framing. You're, you can build an entire house. I have a friend that literally is building a village. I'm like, how'd right. you do it? He goes, well, when I was a kid, I used to lay bricks. You want to hear the whole story? And I'm like, no, I don't have time. But you just go through and you, you get this trimming and stacking. Like, what skills do you want? You got to yeah. learn them. I think that yeah. you can be okay at a skill if you put in... 40 hours, like, enti- like if you spend enti- one entire week, you can have a conversation about that skill and, and you'll learn enough to be not a novice. But no one goes and t- jumps into doing that first 40 hours because EOS, I'm, I'm going to guess having a coach for a year is like 60K investment. I don't know. I'm just guessing. But guess right. what? In that 60K, you just took somebody's entire 30-year career. Yeah, you've compressed. You've get it. Sixty k is a big investment for any for any business, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't care if you're an Amazon. Sixty thousand dollars. I'm I'm a big believer in respecting money. Yeah, it's one of my core values in the retail business. We respect your time and money as though it's our own. Um, so yes, you can absolutely compress time. You can leverage experience from an investment in a coach. I have them. You have them. Uh, if you're not in that position, the reality is you need to understand, like your HVAC example. Yeah, you can expand your business with more plumbing, with more HVAC, more electrical. But the reality is there is 24 hours in a day Mm -hmm. to stack those skill sets into. So that leverage now becomes, how do I get myself out of that business and run this business? Because that's like, you. I think you use the phrase uh, bullet catcher. Right. That uh, an investment firm, private equity, VC, right? That's what they call a business owner that's like just two in the business. Is that correct? Is that what I understood you to say? If if, if there's a business that I'm going to look at from a private equity standpoint, and all of the customers are that person's friends and family, and that mm-hmm. person does all the sales, and, that's the, and there's no written documentation on how to create the product, and it's the only person that does create the product, it's the only person that has to source it, all the relationships, none of it's documented. Wow. Do you think they're going to be like, oh my God, you're so wonderful. Let me give you all this huge multiple. 
No, you have to copy and paste your skills into the minds of others. That is the value. Like you have to be able to replicate yourself. That's why it's an egoless task. Because the more skills that you personally develop, the less you share. Don't hoard skills. Like we get rewarded as go-givers. You have to pour into others. It, it reflects on a balance sheet and it reflects on a valuation. Like I, I want to, like I would not ever want to own 100% of a solopreneur's business because I'm not that person. I'm never, I'm never going to be that person. I want that. I want to pay for a job. Yeah. yeah. I mean, listen, if you're that, if you are that solopreneur and you're happy, a lot of solopreneurs kind of wear that badge of I'm unemployable. I can't work for anybody else. Well, that, that's great. And, and, you know, if, if you want to be the chief everything officer and, you know, put 400 grand, uh, on the top revenue line and, and drop a buck 50 in your, in your checking account at the end of the year. Hey, more power to you, man. I am, I am happy for your success. I'm happy that that's what you want. But I think so many people realize, especially in the time we're in now, $150,000, 200 grand, a lot less money than it was 20 years ago. And you know, a lot of things are changing. And the, the, the power of people, uh, when you pour into them in the right way and you listen to them and, and, and align them in the right way is astounding. And the power of information and technology is astounding where you can leverage yourself so much more. Two examples I want to talk about mine and then, and then through this, uh, you know, not solopreneur, but through that, you, you, you said most firms aren't interested in the business where everybody's, every customer is an owner's friend. So in my business, we were recently looking to add a person. We solved the problem by bringing in everybody around I, I, I wanna, us. I want to correct, I may have misspoken. I want to clarify that point before we, if, if the customer acquisition and retention strategy isn't something that's documentable, systemized and repeatable. So like they can be friends, but like if I can't, if you can't bring in a new uh, sales executive or account manager to come in and also service the client, that that's, I just want to clear that up. Yeah, yeah, no, 100% spot on. So just, you know, in, in my retail business example, so we were looking to bring on a third person, relieve uh, some pressure in the delivery crew and the warehouse and the receiving aspect of things. Basically, through talking it out, bringing in the people most affected, our delivery team and our, our sales team in the store, we ended up coming to a point where we didn't have to hire that third person, so save the expense to the company. But we're able to relieve a pressure valve um, uh, on the sales team by having somebody back at the store one day a week. That other day, the, the other person is off every other week, so we rotate that person out. Um, we're happy. Delivery team's happy, sales staff is happy. And we did that all by really asking the question, what is the most important problem we would need to solve by hiring this person? What would be the biggest benefit? And just talking that out and not having the ego that, oh, because we're the business owners, it has to be our way. Because I was just so uncomfortable with that because ultimately I knew if we brought them on, when I make a commitment to somebody, I want to be able to support it 100%. And I just had a feeling we may, we may feel not good about bringing this person on down the road from a financial aspect of things because it's all operating expense. This is not a position that generates revenue. Um, the solution did. To the point of the personality thing, a great example, if you look at personality in business and yet a business that's scaled and grown, if you look at gallery furniture, this is Mattress Mac, right? This is the guy that bets two weeks before the Super Bowl, picks a winner, and says, if you buy 5,000 bucks of furniture two weeks before the Super Bowl, your team wins, you get it all for free. He's a professional gant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Look him up. He's done this six or seven times. He does it with baseball. He did it with the Kentucky Derby. Uh, he's done it uh, with the Super Bowl a couple of times. Um, yeah. Jim Mackingale, I've, I, I know I've had personal conversations with him. Great guy in, in the industry. Uh, very philanthropic. He's got a, he's down there in Houston, Texas, where they always get hurricanes. So he's got a mobile response like MRAC vehicle that will drive into a hurricane if need be for his community. I mean, that's really cool. I'm a big believer in giving back to the community who supports you. But to the point of keeping your personality, and this is an example of where you can have a big business and still be personable. He puts out there, text me, here's my number. He puts, he puts what his cell phone number is out there now. 
the backend system is, and this is where I said technology could be leveraged, that backend system goes to his team. His team's likely been poached uh, on the personality of Address Mac, the personality of how he would answer a question. And all of that, you feel like you're communicating with Jim McInvale, Mattress Back, one-on-one. Masterclass right there. It's fantastic. Yeah. So anybody in business, not just that industry, needs mm-hmm. to, like personality in business is important. Look at Musk right now. Like there is a certain amount of valuation on the books, whether anybody wants to admit it or not, that's Elon Musk. Of course. Just like, there's a certain amount of valuation on Amazon's books. He does no advertising because it's his personal brand. Right. He doesn't have right. to advertise. His personal brand is stronger. They don't even need to yep. know what, like, it doesn't matter what business. He could start a hot dog stand next. It's going to be the best hot dog stand in the world. Yep. And they should yeah. hot dogs. It's just Elon Musk. Right. So, so yeah, I mean, I guess to, to put a bow on this little left turn we talk is, is yeah. you could absolutely keep the personality of your business, but if that work underneath it, the systems and foundation underneath it, support that personality where you said, can a salesperson come in behind you as the leader and still do what you do? That's the answer you got to give yourself, yeah. right? Yeah. It's, do you want to replace yourself from working in your business, working on your business? And I think that if it boils down to, Jeff, if you said, oh, what's the number one thing someone has to do if they want to get ready to sell their business? Make the decision that in it's going to take 12 months. To get ready to sell, it's not going to take. It's not going to take sixty days for a close. You're going to have to do have everything prepared. Are you ready as a business owner to have your your uh, CPA, your tax guy, your accountant to hand over all the due diligence paperwork that needs to be done? Can you can you do all of your liabilities? Do you know all your payables? Do you have all of your your, your T12, your last five years tax return? What's your inventory list? Is there any outstanding debt? Blah 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 blah. It goes on and on. Due diligence checklist. If you can't even do that, you can't sell a business. And then guess what? There's going to be back and forth negotiations. There's going to be interviews of your staff. There's going to be people doing market research. There's going to be people being there several times talking to banks. Like they have to find the financing. There's a lot of steps, but this first step is decide. That's it. That's really it. It's goal setting. Decide and then, and then, and then work backwards from that 12 months into all those things. The, The other thing that I would add into that would be, uh, well, two things I would add in what you shared about selling and, and, or, or taking that big equity or cash event. Um, one would be understand that someone gets to name the price. Someone gets to name the terms. Yes. If, if you're not getting to name either of those, you lost. Right. Like, and so many people, I think go and sell their business and then smarter. Well, I shouldn't say smart. I don't want to, smarter might be insulting somebody. I don't want to say that. I try to be a nice person every day. But people with more experience, right? That's a better way to say it. No, okay. Hey, Jeff, you said your business is worth 10 million. Well, you know, you don't understand your liabilities. You have no customer list. You kind of have some systems. You kind of have all these things. So we're going to name the terms. And then it's those terms that ultimately whittle down your price to where Maybe that wasn't a good, I mean, this is how people, you know, like Joan Rivers, if you study her career, she's somebody that did a lot of work, hard, hard work. At one point in her career, she didn't even own the right to use her own name. If she said, hi, I'm Joan Rivers on The Tonight Show, she was liable because she used her own name. I I mean, how many millions, if not billions of dollars did NCAA athletes generate for their universities just a few years ago with getting nothing? Reggie yep. Bush, where's his Heisman Trophy? Oh, he received a little bit of gratuity for his excellent work for all the value he added. Like, if you don't own, if you don't understand who owns what on the back end, you have to do. You have to understand that. Yeah. So the name the price, name the terms was the one thing I wanted to touch on. The other one is yeah. uh, going over your liabilities, uh, your your insurances, your payables, your receivables, all the tax documents, etc. I think the other big thing in there to help raise the value of a business and really make your business more predictable, or more repeatable, give you more peace of mind is a customer list that you can tap into at any given time. And I'm, I'm guessing that $102,000 example where you spent 500 bucks on media, I'm guessing you tapped into that business owner's list. Is that, is that right? 
there was a Facebook page that had like 30,000, had a substantial, like tens of thousands of people liking the page. It was just never funded properly to reach that list. Okay. And yep. I just funded, I just needed to put enough money in to reach the whole list and say, here's the offer in the entire list. Yeah. That's it. It's so just having, simple math. Yeah. So having a list now, being able to tap into that example, Facebook group, that's that's even more impressive because it's so hard to make money with Facebook as a media uh, mm-hmm. because there's so many ways in which your ad spend gets spent without being uh, a return. But mm-hmm. the reality is having that list um, is important in making sure, again, making sure who owns what. Facebook owns that list, not that business because they can turn it off like that. They can they can just turn that group shut it down. Uh, they could say you violated something that you didn't even know existed. Um, they can throttle it. All kinds of things. Algorithm changes it. So always, as a business owner, make sure you're not building at your house on you know Sandy Beach, right? You gotta you gotta own. Make sure like like NCAA wrestlers. Make sure you own your name. Make sure you own your work. Own your list. Put it in your own email database. Your own CRM. Move everybody from. Oh, and then back it up because mm-hmm. that could get turned off. Um, it, it's like this, Jeff. Um, there's this example. If you, I give you a, a bar of gold, the re, what would make me appealing to buy into the business of, of that bar of gold, that valuable asset, is if you know where to get more bars of gold, you have a repeatable process to obtain that, or you know how to take that bar of gold and make Rolexes with it. Mm-hmm. So it's either, it's either ingenuity or predictability for scale, right? Yeah. Those are the... Uh, there's other stuff that goes into valuations, right? But from a very easy to understand, like, so when we do forced appreciation in private equity, why they would want to, why, ask yourself and put yourself in their shoes. Why would they want to buy me? Oh, okay. Well, they can either reduce all this debt and then just like, you know, short-term do the profit, grow it this way or sell it off. That's the scaling gold bars. Or they could instill some technology to simplify everything and scale it up through ingenuity. And I always like the second one. I always yeah. like the second one. Because like you said, you only have 24 hours in a day. There's only so much effort. But if you can learn how to use a new tool to gain more leverage, you just unlock a shit ton more power. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Love it, man. Well, I think we did a pretty darn good job of throwing down on this topic or to how to leverage yourself out. So you're kind of on this new journey. Um mm-hmm. Love the name Thunderstock. Love it. Um, how do people get a hold of you? What might you be able to help people with? Let's yeah, share that absolutely. as we look to wrap up. So I'm, you know, new website under construction, but I want people to know that it's it's me. That's just my LLC legal name. Thunderstock is a, is a great name that I thought I had to put up there because you know all my name you know, my name was. A, available for an EIN. But yeah, reach out to me on LinkedIn. Uh, it's J Ross Stockdale. That's how you can find me on LinkedIn. You know, reach out to me on social media. Just type in Ross Stockdale. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter. Um, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, I'm going to be producing podcast content, YouTube, follow me wherever. Just reach out to me. I'm sure you can find my email. My email is j.ross.stockdale at gmail.com. Always open to get solicitation there. Find my cell phone somewhere. If you want to text me, call me, whatever. Um, how I can help you is I can bring C-level experience to your business for a fraction of the cost. Um, why? Because I just that you're who I want to serve. If you're a small business owner that maybe had a bad taste in their mouth from a marketing agency or Maybe they just don't like marketing and they just want to focus on what they're doing or they want to, they have these questions about private equity or real estate or sales or marketing, whatever. You need a, a business coach, someone to bounce ideas off of and give you a plan and I can help you implement the plan. Reach out to me. That's who, you're who I want to serve. Doesn't have to be local. Um, it's more who I work with than what I do. I, I, those are how I can help you. But if, if, if you're the right guy that wants someone that has, was a cage fighter and is going to go and fight for your company and be real gritty and figure out, cut the bullshit and here's what you should do. Instead of, you know, the traditional, hey, I have this silver bullet that's going to work for everybody. Just give me $500 a month and I'll make this great ad. Cookie cutter is the opposite of what I want to do. I think that there's a huge market demand for vulnerability, personability, uh, one-on-one connections between business owners. And I want to provide that for you guys. Love it. 
Love it, man. Well, I've appreciated getting to know you here. We had opportunity a couple of weeks back to spend, I think, three hours over some omelets at breakfast. Um, <laughs> so, man, I, I love everything you're doing. I love the commitment to your purpose in life, which that being your family. Congratulations again on your growing family. And um, man, this has been fun having you on the show. Really enjoyed it. So thanks for uh, thanks for taking that time to share with my listeners and my watchers all your expertise, man. It's really great. Really appreciate thank, you. Thank you, Jeff. And I appreciate you. And uh, see you on the battlefield, as they say. That's right. That's right. All right. We'll see you next week. Take care. See you, man. Take care. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode of The Big Ticket Life. You've heard from another amazing guest living their own big ticket life. And now it's time to live yours. First, I'd love for you to take me up on my free gift to you. Find your gift at gift.thebigticketlife.live. That's gift.thebigticketlife.live. See, all your life you've been told what is and what isn't possible by the loudest voices from the cheapest seats. It's time to finally do life and business on your terms. Sure, you've heard similar things, but without clarity on what can be done, it's easy to have your customers, employees, maybe even partners, and your spouse keep you from truly living a big ticket life. My big ticket methods shift you into that investor seat in your business, away from commodity and away from competition into a market of one so you can finally live your own big ticket life. So my gift to you is for you to book your discovery call today where we'll uncover first the Chivo behaviors, those chief everything officer behaviors that hold you back and why moving into the investor seat in your own business is critical. Two, we'll uncover the premium position that's up for grabs right now in your market that you're missing out on. And three, which big ticket methodologies are just waiting to be dropped into your business to explode your sales and profits. So again, thanks for listening to this episode. I'd love for you to take action right now. Accept this gift. Book your call. Go to gift.thebigticketlife.live. Again, that's gift.thebigticketlife.live.